This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. It says, it says in chapter seven, then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and your whole household, because I have seen that I have seen, and it really says this, says it this way. I have seen you righteous before me in this generation. All right. Now, I think that's important to understand, and it's real important to get as you're studying the Bible, because I want you to understand that God uses people not who are ultra-talented. God does not use people who are beautiful, although he uses talented and beautiful people. That's not what causes you to be qualified for use in the kingdom of God. What causes a person to be qualified for use in the kingdom of God is this idea of righteousness, okay? And this idea of being right before God. And you need to understand that. Uh, oftentimes we think in order to be right before God or to be righteous before God, that we've got to be good people, really good. We've got to do everything right. We've got to be perfect by the rules. That's not what righteousness is scripturally, okay? That is out of line with what scripture teaches righteousness to be. See, if we could live by the rules perfectly, if it was possible to do that and do that well, we wouldn't need this whole plan of Jesus. That's that 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 would be something we just have to we it would be unnecessary that Jesus had to go through what he went through in order for us to be okay because we could live by the rules properly. It's quite clear that we can't live by the rules. The Old Testament proves it. And if you don't, if you don't know that, then you need to sit down and read the Old Testament because the Old Testament is littered with God telling his people to do something and them not doing. And if you can't, if you can't understand that, then just look at your own life, knowing what God has told you to do and the things that you should have done. How many regrets do we have in life? where we knew what we should have done, and we didn't do it. We're not good at that. And the reason we're not good at that is because our father, Adam, ate of the fruit of that tree, and he passed on uh, a sin nature that chooses our will over God's will. We're not good at that. All right, so how do I? How am I righteous before God? I'm righteous before God, first of all, because he does the work of righteousness for us. He's the one who made a way. He's the one who set open a gate for us to get to him. So the righteousness that we have that we have before God is not a righteousness of our own. It's a righteousness that is imputed to us through Christ. It's, it's given to us through Jesus Christ. And you go, what about in the Old Testament? What about what, what about with Noah? He didn't know who Jesus was. No, but he was operating on the same promise that was given to Adam and Eve in that garden. And that promise is a deliverer. That promise is one who is going to come and fix the problem. And even if you don't know who he is, or even if he's not born yet, you trust in the plan of God 
which is ultimately Jesus Christ. And that's what makes you righteous. And notice I use that word trust. You faith, hope, trust, believe. It's the idea of faith. It's the idea of, okay, we're not righteous on our own. There's not a righteousness that's been made for us on our own. We're righteous because we hear what God says, we receive it, we believe it, and then we act upon it. And so when you're looking at when you're looking at Noah's life, when you're considering Noah's life, you need to understand this. The reason God chose Noah is, first of all, he had a line, genealogical line, all the way back to Adam. He was one of Adam's sons. He was the son of Adam, okay? And so that's important because you've got this whole issue in the first part of last chapter where the angel, the fallen angels are trying to mess up the bloodlines of man. So he's got the first thing that he's got going for him is that he is genealogically tied to Adam. That's important. The second thing, and as important, if not more important, is that he was a man of faith. What is And it's not a blind faith. I want you to hear me today. <clears throat> we are not talking, I am never, ever talking about a blind faith. I'm never, in fact, God's condemnation of man that we see in Romans chapter 1 is a condemnation based off of they don't have an excuse because they can clearly see his divine qualities and his eternal nature in creation. What is he saying? He's not saying, I'm asking you to trust in me blindly. He's saying, I'm I've, I'm obvious to you. It's obvious that somebody made this. It's kind of like my German physics professor at Princeton said at the end of the term, I believe it was the first term, first semester term. I didn't understand a whole lot he said during the term. I don't know whether it was because he was talking about physics or whether he's German, but those two things together made me not understand hardly at all. Not at all. It was terrible. It was really distressing at the time. And I didn't really know what he was talking about a lot, but that hour-long question and answer session that they always gave us where you could ask a professor a question and somebody stood up and said, do you believe in God? <clears throat> and he basically said, you can't believe that this all happened by chance. A designer had to make this because you can't just make this on your own. This didn't just happen by chance. It's not possible. And that's what Romans says. Romans says, <clears throat> if you just open your eyes and look, you can see that there's a God. Now, do you know that God? Do you have a relationship with that God? Maybe not. But you can clearly see that somebody made this. Okay. And that's what the end of Romans tells us. And that man's without, not what was without excuse. Well, to get more intimate about it, and to get more more focused on it, we're at we're, we who have the Word of God, and we who have the Holy Spirit, and we who have the life of Jesus, and we who have the Father's will. We're we're even more without excuse. And when I say more without excuse, what I mean by it that is we have revelation from God. We have God revealing Himself and giving us His instructions, His Word, His commands, His purposes. We have that. And so we're without excuse when we don't trust what he says. Notice, it's not without excuse. We're not without excuse if we don't accomplish what he says. Remember, the accomplishment has nothing to do with you. What you accomplish when you trust God and act is up to God. It's his, it's his little red wagon. It's his blue bonnet. It's, it's what he does. It's not what you do. It's what you trust. It's what you hear, believe, and trust that matters. Uh, he brings about the outcome. He can tell me to do something, and it have a purpose that I'll never, ever see and ever know. 
He can reveal something that he wants going on in my life that I really have no idea what its purpose is, but its purpose is carried out in a way and in a place and in a time and with a person that I have no idea what that was and won't know till I get to before him. And I know all things as he says, I'll know all things. You don't know what God's purposes are all the time, but you can know what his revelation is. And see, what made Noah important was, sure, genealogical line, back to Adam, but what made Noah an important person, a person that God used to bring about his will, his great will, what made him a person that two chapters of the book of Bible, of the Bible, in the Bible are written about, and he's mentioned throughout scripture, what made him that type of person is because it says, because I have seen that you are righteous before me. That means you are a man who hears me, believes me, and acts upon it. A righteousness of faith, a righteousness born of faith. That's what makes, that's what makes Noah someone who is important, someone who is usable by God, someone who God can build his kingdom upon. That's what makes it important. You remember when Jesus said to Peter, thou art the rock, your name is no more, no longer Cephas, but it is Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church. What is it, what is it that Peter said that caused him to say that? Because Jesus, Jesus asked him a question. He said, who do men say that I am? And everybody had these, all these answers. And Peter said, thou art the Christ the son of the living God. What he was saying was, he's saying was, you are God in, incarnate. You're the God in, on the earth with us. And those words spoken back in faith is the rock on which God builds his church. It's the rock on which God's kingdom advances. And so in our own lives, what makes it important about us, what God gives us the chance to have a righteousness similar to all the people in scripture and a power equal to all the people in scripture and a purpose that may not seem to be as important as say Noah or Abraham or all these people that we talk about in scripture, David or Ruth, or we can, I can just go through the name after name. The reason we have, the reason is because God has a will and a purpose and we are a trophy of his grace. We are literally a person who is able to glorify God's grace and goodness very uniquely in our own way. And, and that glorification of his grace and his goodness is important to him, just as important as anybody else. And what he requires and wants of us is for us to trust him in that process, to believe him, to read his word, get his revelation to read his word and have him be specific about our lives and the things that are going on and receive revelation that way. There, there's the general revelation in the world. You can clearly see him in creation. There is the specific revelation of God through his son, Jesus Christ, in the word of God. And then finally, there's a personal revelation he gives us from those two revelations. We can see him in the world. We can see him in his word. He reveals himself in his word. And then he personally speaks to our hearts about the things that are going on in our lives and tells us how and why and what he wants us to be about and to be doing. And when we're doing those things, when we're doing those things, we are righteous before him. Why? Because we have a righteousness that's born of faith. And he says to him, listen, you, the reason I chose you is because you are a person who will walk in faith with me in this generation. I've chosen you because you're a person who trusts me in this generation. And I would say to you this morning, God has chosen you. The reason you hear his voice, 
The reason you have his will in available in your life, the reason that's going on is because you are a person who is willing to trust him. The whole reason you would even stop and listen to, it's not like I'm beautiful. I have a nice town, but really that's it. It's not this, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an action figure that is is mesmerizing on the screen. The only reason you would ever even stop and listen to me talk this morning is because the Holy Spirit drew you to listen to God's word. That, that's really it. And that means that you're a person who hears God's word and receives God's word. And if you'll begin to all the time believe and act upon God's word, the power of God and your righteousness that's born of faith is going to be is going to be right there, out there in front of you all the time. And boy, that's important for life. I'm gonna tell you, why not, why not engage the author of life with your life by trusting him? And because Noah was a man who was willing to do that, quite quick, clearly his sons and his wives and their wives were too, they wouldn't been on the ark. They were people who were righteous who did what God asked them to do. And let me tell you something. It took a long time for them to build this ark. It took a long time for this to take place. They heard God and they acted upon it because they believed him. They trusted him. They trusted and obeyed uh, by faith what God had told them to do. And remember, we trust and obey by faith. We don't trust and obey just because it's a rule. We trust and obey because it is the intimate revelation of God that he's given us. And so he says, you shall take with you seven, seven each of every clean animal. And, and how did he know what animals were clean and what, what were not clean? Because God instructed him. He told him what the animals that were clean and were not clean. See, we wouldn't even know what that is until we get to Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. We don't even know what the clean animals are right now. He hadn't explained that in scripture, but God was intimately speaking to Noah. Noah knew what the clean animals were. I don't know if I'm just right now starting out reading the Bible, I don't know what clean animals are. Now, when you get to Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and let me tell you something, when you get there, that's not easy reading. But when you get there, you do see there's clean animals and unclean animals. Obviously, God's speaking to Noah. You, God's going to be continually speaking to him. He didn't say, build the ark. And then 100 years later, Noah says, I've got the ark done, Lord. No, that's not how it works. God said, God told him to build the ark, and the whole time, I'm sure he's out there, he hit his finger with a hammer, and you know what happens when you hit your finger with a hammer? You're going, why am I doing this, God? Because I told you to, because you're a man who trusts me, because I told you I've got, when we go through troubles and difficulties through life, we look up and go, God, why am I doing Because I've got a plan, and you've been working that plan, and why wouldn't you keep on working that plan? Isn't that what God does with you? Absolutely does. Absolutely does. He encourages you in the moment and in the day. He's always giving you his hope and his life during the day. And that's what God does. And he's out there and he's He's listening to God. He knows what the clean animals are. Also seven of each bird of the air. He's telling him, I want all the birds. He says, male and female to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. He's Noah's ark is this is this living, floating zoo that's going to repopulate the earth. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days. He had to go in the ark seven days early and get all the animals on there and get everything set up and get everything going. He says, 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy the face of the earth, all living things that I have made. And Noah did, notice verse five, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Did he do it because the Lord said, do this more, Noah. No, that's not what he did. He did it because he heard the word of God and he was a man in his heart who believed God when God spoke. So he was. 
So it was. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters were on the. A lot of people say we need some, we need the young people will trust God better. I, I found that it doesn't matter what age people are, they can trust God. And I have found that you could take an eight-year-old and he'll love God and trust God as much as an 80-year-old. And I found 80-year-olds who are out there who are seeking out God's will, and they see their lives, even though they're at the end of their lives, even though they're in late in life, they see each day as an opportunity to glorify God and trust God with who they are. And you know what? Both, all of that is beautiful. Oftentimes, we've tried to separate out everything in this world. We separate, we've tried to separate out races. We've tried to separate out cultures. We've tried to separate out everything. And in fact, our politics is all about separation. But the truth is, God's kingdom is not separate. God's kingdom is all colors, it's all ages. It's male and female. It's all things God's at work among his people and a church that multi-generational. And I praise God that we are a multi-generational church. We have at least six couples in our church that have been married over 50 years. And if you were there Sunday morning, we had probably 40 or 50 kids in the house. So we're, we have children, we have young adults, we have young families. We have middle-aged folks like myself who are becoming empty nesters, and we have older folks who have grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and each person, each one, is seeking out God and finding them, finding Him and His purposes for their lives, and doing those purposes and being about God's each and every day. And you know what? There isn't anything better than that. There really isn't anything better than that. God's got a purpose and a will for us, and His purpose and will is good and pleasing and perfect. And if we will seek him, we will find him because he is eminently available to us. And when we do that, he gives us his very best and we are righteous before him, a righteousness not born of the law, not born of works, but born of faith. And uh, boy, that's the hope of the Old Testament. And it is the hope of the New Testament, a righteousness born in faith, embodied in the Son of God named Jesus Christ. And what a good word that is this morning. And I hope you're going to have a good day today. I hope that uh, God is, and remember a good day, not necessarily everything go perfect. A good day is God's will being done in your life today. And I pray that will take place today. And As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.